Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm not an expert, more of a fantasy coach here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I promise I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing. It has been a fun season so far doing this FFF podcast, and so thankful to have you as a listener. Would love to know your thoughts if you've been listening throughout the year. How can we make the show better? What information do you want to know? And and if you have uh, any stories of players that I helped you pick up or players that you wish you wouldn't have listened to me, <laughs> let me know that as well. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. Fantasy at unpackingit.com is the email. Fantasy Football Fellowship, of course, a part of Unpacking It Ministries. And we wrote the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. Encourage you to check that out if you don't already have it. Toward the end of today's show, we will get into this week's topic. But basically, each week in the playbook, it, it takes a fantasy concept, relates it to the Bible, relates it to our own lives, and it's designed for you to, to read either individually or with your league throughout the year and then get together to discuss the questions and the topics uh, that are found in the playbook. And we do this uh, virtually uh, here at Fantasy Football Fellowship. And so if you ever want to be a part of that, uh, we do that on Thursdays at noon Eastern and have guys from around the country uh, a part of that. And so you can join us. Just email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. Today's show, uh, a little bit different. We're going to do some different elements or, or features or segments, whatever you want to call it, and we're recording this on a Thursday. The, the Colts and Titans play tonight, so I'm not going to talk about those players. I will say this, uh, before they play, I tried my best to trade Ezekiel Elliott to get Jonathan Taylor. So I'm buying into Jonathan Taylor despite his recent struggles. I was also trying to trade for Philip Lindsay. Uh, so I'll talk about that in, in just a little bit as well. Uh, speaking of trades, we'll, we'll start with some some personal fantasy shenanigans that I've been dealing with. And normally I start with the accountability and, and basically confessing where I was wrong in, in last week's show. And we're going to save that for the end because that is this week's Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook topic. And so stick around. I'll, uh, I'll acknowledge and, and confess a little bit at the end. All right, so I told you a few weeks ago about Christian Kirk, and so hopefully you listened and, and, and bought into Christian Kirk. And I have to admit, though, I ended up trading him this past week, actually moments before the 1 o'clock kickoff, and I traded him for Brian Hill. Now you may say, that's insane. Why would you do that? Well, of course, Christian Kirk had another monster game, which he has done and continues to do so and, and really is a key part of that Cardinals offense. And he, he's more of the deep threat, big play guy. And normally those aren't the types of players that I like to rely on, especially wide receivers. I prefer to have somebody 
like like Jamison Crowder who gets a lot of catches and he's clearly the number one wide receiver and he had a decent game on Monday he did get into the end zone but the the guys that are a little bit more boom or bust in the long run and when it comes to the playoffs I I don't like them as much even a guy like Tyreek Hill as great as he is to me has the elements of boom or bust now you'd have to compare him to other upper echelon wide receivers so you'd have to ask me hey would you take this guy or that guy but but even with Tyreek Hill sometimes he makes me nervous down the stretch whereas there are other wide receivers that are just a little bit more reliable and speaking of the Titans we'll see how A.J. Brown does tonight but to me I I trust A.J. Brown like as long as he's healthy to me he's just such a stud those are the guys I'm, I'm and he catches a lot of passes so that that's what I want um, so anyway, so I pulled off that trade, and, and the reason I wanted Brian Hill, and I, I think I mentioned it last week, and I have mentioned, I know multiple times, I'm not big on Todd Gurley, and so I, I, I want his backup, and that backup is Brian Hill. He has shown glimpses. He doesn't get a ton of opportunity, but I think those opportunities will come as the season goes on. Gurley will wear down. They will have to turn to their backup running back just in time for the playoffs, and I will be in a position to have Brian Hill on my roster and be able to use him in in really an Atlanta offense that has produced fantasy points this year. At, at times they've maybe struggled here or there, but I think overall throughout the year, despite the losses on the field, fantasy wise, when guys are healthy, they they've produced. And even Todd Gurley has produced. He just hasn't produced again the way that I like a running back to produce. He's too touchdown dependent. He doesn't catch a ton of passes out of the backfield and doesn't rush for a ton of yards. So he'll have some small combination where maybe he catches a few passes and then has 60, 70, 80 yards. But I I just prefer more reliable running backs. And with the way Todd Gurley, just the way things ended in, in L.A., I'm just too worried about him. So anyway, that's why I've got Brian Hill. All right, the other trade that I made, I got rid of Ronald Jones and got Hunter Henry. And at the moment of this recording, I just got a, an update that TJ Hawkinson may be out this week, or he's questionable, he's got a toe injury, and so that's my starting tight end. Now I have Hunter Henry as my backup tight end, and so I've got plenty of running backs, and so I was able to get rid of Ronald Jones. And I, honestly, I, I just, after that Monday night game when he fumbled and the Bucks refused to go back to him, I, I had to move on. I, I can't, too emotional, too frustrating. I ended up losing that week in fantasy because he did nothing and wasn't given an opportunity after one mistake. Come on, Bruce Arians. And, and the other reality is Leonard Fournette is better. He's a better runner. We know this. Even though I've said it before, I, I don't love Leonard Fournette, and I avoided him in drafts this year. But now that the season is rolling and, and he's been there and he's healthy, he's the guy. So they might sprinkle Ronald Jones in, but Ronald Jones is not winning me a championship but the tight end position is so thin, which I'll get into during the I'm Convinced segment. So I wanted to have two tight ends, two at least starting tight ends with Hunter Henry and TJ Hawkinson. So I feel good about that trade. I like it. The other trade I made, I traded Devin Singletary, who, who's been a nightmare for me this year, and the injured Cortland Sutton, who this is a keeper league. But I traded both of those guys for Julio Jones. So that, that was a big upgrade for me to add another receiver. And although, if you listen maybe four weeks ago, five weeks ago, Julio Jones is similar to me when it comes to Tyreek Hill 
as the upper echelon wide receivers. They're not my first choice, but if I could get Julio for that deal that I just told you, I'll take him, and and he'll he'll give me a couple good weeks. I don't have to rely on him. I have other good receivers, but um, I I was excited to to get Julio. I won't keep him after this year, so he's a rental. So that's part of the reason. But the team the team that traded me him, they're out. Their their team is struggling. So I'll take advantage of that heading into the playoffs. Uh, and then last thing from a, a personal standpoint. The L.A. Chargers, they're my team in the FFF 32 league, and they continue to lose in the NFL and win in fantasy, baby. So I'm loving life with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, and even though they have different running backs in there, I'm, I'm getting enough out of them, and, and so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm in playoff contention in the AFC West. So it was nice to knock off the, the Raiders uh, in fantasy this past week, even though the Raiders won the game in dramatic fashion. Uh, you can check out the, the show earlier this week. I, I talked a little bit about the Chargers, but they're hard to figure out as far as why they find a way to lose. What is it about them? This isn't a Justin Herbert thing. It's not a Phillip Rivers thing, I don't think. I mean, I, I can't figure it out. It's just a Chargers situation over the years. It's not L.A. It's not, or it's not San Diego. It's something. It's, maybe they got to change the Chargers' name. I, I can't figure it out. Don't know what the issue is, but they got to figure out a way to win some games. All right, let's jump in. This week, I'm going to share the the players that I'm buying for the stretch run and the guys that I'm selling for the stretch run. So that means these these next few weeks are key if you're fighting for the fantasy playoffs and preparing your team for a, a deep playoff run. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you're in position for that, that that you're listening to fantasy you know, advice and, and content and and it hopefully is helping you process your decisions each week. And, and so the decisions that we make these next couple of weeks are going to be crucial because who we grab on the waiver wire, who we stash on our bench. And I think at this point, we're, we're through a lot of the buys. This week's probably a little tricky, injured guys, buys. Uh, then next week it lightens up. Uh, the, the Thanksgiving week, there are no buys. Two teams, I believe it's the Panthers and the Bucks. Uh, in week 12 or 13, in week 13. And then 14, usually the fantasy playoffs begin. So with that in mind, here are some guys I really like. I mentioned Philip Lindsay. I think he will continue to get more carries. He, he hasn't played maybe great yet. He was banged up. But Melvin Gordon is showing the wear and tear that, that he is, he's experienced throughout his career. He's an older running back. And it was an interesting signing anyway. For Denver, and, and maybe they needed another running back to complement Philip Lindsay, but the, the fact that they uh, are giving more carries to Gordon, I think that that aspect will continue to dwindle. Lindsay will get more opportunities, more passes out of the backfield. He's a guy I want down the stretch. Chase Edmonds, I told you on this show that I was really high on him. He ended up not having a monster game filling in for Kenyon Drake, but I still prefer him to Drake. The Arizona offense continues to thrive. Even in games that they lose, they're still putting up big points. Kyler Murray's the number two uh, quarterback. We know Hopkins. We know <laughs> Christian Kirk. Um, but I like Edmonds. I think they'll, I think he will be the more reliable back moving forward. Uh, so I still stand by that. The Eagles are getting Miles Sanders back. This is a talented running back. We, we know what he's capable of. If he can stay healthy and, and be out there, it's actually nice 
to grab some players that maybe you waited all year for, but also players that were already injured. And if they come back healthy and they, they're healthy right away, meaning, because I'm going to get to this guy in a moment, if they come back and get hurt right away and then they miss a game, that's very concerning. But if Miles Sanders comes back, is healthy, gets a few games under his belt, and then he's really clicking, and he has fresh legs because he, hasn't, he doesn't have the wear and tear from the first eight, nine weeks of the season. That can set up very nicely for a fantasy owner. So, so I'm, I'm banking, on, banking on that with Miles Sanders. Uh, a similar mentality with Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard was out for a while, really surprisingly, but he was coming on. He was playing great. Nobody has fully filled in for Lazard. Uh, MVS had a big game last week for the Packers, but I still like Lazard better than him. And and even um, Tunyon, he, he's been okay. He's been a, a decent threat at the tight end position, but th- there are enough uh, opportunities, I think, for Lazard to really shine, and he'll be a, a key player if you hung on to him or if he, if he happens to be on a waiver wire, go grab him right now. Stop listening. Go get Alan Lazard. Uh, but he should be activated this week off the, the IR. Uh, I've got him on my IR spot. I'm prepared to put him in my starting lineup uh, this Sunday. Another player coming off a little bit more of a temporary injury, but had his appendix out. But Austin Hooper was starting to come around, and with OBJ out, I'm buying that. I, I, think, I think Hooper will be a, a really good tight end the rest of the way for Cleveland. They, they, Baker Mayfield needs someone to throw to. And and the Browns are still in the mix. I think I don't think we can give up on them just yet. I know they've had a couple tough tough losses here and there, but they'll they'll be all right. I think and I, I like Cooper as potentially their best threat. I almost like him better than Jarvis Landry. So so we'll see. We know what Hooper is capable of. You know, last year with, with Atlanta, and I think he's a talented tight end. And then having his appendix out. You know, a little concerning, but it's not like he's dealing with a, a knee or something that's slowing him down. I don't think. I, I haven't. I've got my appendix, so we'll see how he how he does without him. How how does that affect your game? You no longer have your appendix. Does that affect how you how you move on first down? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, the the one other player that I'm buying after a monster game is DJ Chark, and I liked Jake Luton. I thought he was very impressive for Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville's not going to win any more games, but uh, James Robinson continues to be a stud. I'm, I'm riding him all the way to the playoffs. And then DJ Chark is a talented wide receiver. We, we thought coming in he was going to be one of the top guys and got off to a little slow start, a little banged up. He seems healthy. He's the number one guy as a wide receiver, even though some other guys at times have shown glimpses Jake Luton finding him, what was it, like his second pass, a long 70-yard touchdown or something. Uh, that was a big play. That kind of kicked off the, the NFL Sunday. Uh, very exciting. So I'm, I'm in on, on DJ Chark, so I'm buying him. Now for the guys that I'm selling. And I am a Panthers fan. I love Christian McCaffrey. But I get nervous when a player has been out for a while with one injury and then in his first game back, he gets injured again. That leads me to believe that, uh-oh, this is just a bad year where what could go wrong goes wrong. And the injuries just start piling up. And, and that's, 
that's just a scary thing for a fantasy owner. And so it, it puts you in a really tough spot. I, I think if you can salvage some some trade some trade bait or, or trade value, I should say, with, with McCaffrey like right now, before Sunday, where he's out this week, but an owner is thinking, well, he looked really good last week. All right, I'll give you something good. If you could snag like an RB2 and a wide receiver one or even a running back one and a wide receiver two type of, of deal, you, you have to do it for the right deal. You're not, you're not getting rid of McCaffrey for a, a bag of donuts, but <laughs> a box of donuts. Do you get a bag of donuts? I, I want, my ba- I want a, a box of donuts, not a bag of donuts, because you don't want to you know, mix it. Because I always like the, the custard filled and the, you know, the icing on it. Um, I've got donuts on my mind because we have our Charlotte Turkey Bowl on Saturday, and somebody brings donuts uh, that morning, which is always a nice little treat. But, um, but anyway, so I'm not giving McCaffrey away, even for some delicious donuts. So you got to get a good deal for him, but he's worth putting on the trade market. And if you're, if you're in first place and, and you've been winning without McCaffrey and you've held on this long, I mean, yeah, you're fine. So, I mean, it depends on your circumstance a little bit. And, and the rest of your roster, but I, I, I just would be nervous. I would be nervous with McCaffrey, I guess is the bottom line. He helped me win. I won a league last year with him. I just don't think that's going to be the case this year. I, I don't think he's clicking enough or healthy enough or the Panthers are, are winning enough and, and playing with, you know, play, the playoffs won't be on the line for the Panthers in the final three weeks. Now, they'll be playing for next year, and I, I think they'll continue to play tough, but they may want to work in some other younger guys and see what they have so that they can prepare well for the offseason and the draft and all that kind of thing. So that's part of what factors into McCaffrey. And then when it comes to Zeke Elliott, another guy I'm selling, I'm trying to sell, I'm stuck with him. He's, uh, he, he's just not as good anymore. It's just the bottom line. I talked about it last week. I stand by it. Dallas playing well against Pittsburgh gave me a little hope that he could turn it around, but I still think Tony Pollard is just better at this point. Maybe the, the, the Cowboys don't bring Zeke back. I don't know how much money they have guaranteed tied up with Zeke, so he, he may be hard to move on from, but that has to at least be on the table. And what if they move on from Zeke and Dak? Like, that's at least a possibility. So then this season, do they just ride it out with Tony Pollard to see what they have with him? Is Elliott banged up? Like, how, how injured is that hamstring? How bad is this offensive line going to continue to be? How bad is the quarterback play going to be? I don't know what I can get for Zeke, but I'm at least open and exploring some options there. Another injured running back that is hard to figure out, because you've probably held on to Austin Eckler this long, and so at this point you're probably like, all right, I'll just ride it out. But what if he doesn't come back till week 13? What if he comes out week 14? Are you going to put him in your starting lineup in the playoffs? I'd, I'd try to get a, a guaranteed player for him somebody that, that that is healthy that you know can contribute I, I would I would read into Eckler a little bit get more of the the latest injury reports on him and and explore some different options because the, the Chargers have a lot of different running backs I don't know who who the best guy to own a lot of guys are banged up it's just kind of a mess it's just a lot of guys and so in many ways I'd want to avoid having to deal with that down the stretch um, yeah I, I don't feel good about Austin Eckler or the Chargers' backfield as far as one specific guy that you can ride in the fantasy playoffs. Another guy I'm selling, Mark Ingram, continues to be banged up. I'm just avoiding him. I, I want J.K. Dobbins. I think that's who will be the guy in the in the most important weeks the rest of the way. So I'm all in on J.K. Dobbins. And then I'm also selling Patriots running backs. 
too much confusion. Who's healthy? Who are they going to use? What are the Patriots doing this year? I, I got rid of James White. He's been doing nothing. You know, Rex Burkhead, Vulture, some different touchdowns. I like Harris. I think he's a talented back, but now he's banged up. Sony Michelle had some issues early in the year. Like, he wasn't really playing that well, but there's some talent there, but then there's the injuries. Just too many question marks. So I don't want him on my rosters. I'm out. I'm selling him. Someone else can can deal with that, and, and maybe they'll get a good week out of Rex every once in a while or uh, maybe a good week out of Harris if he's healthy. But at this point, I, I just I really don't want Patriots players. It's just this season is too bizarre for them, unpredictable. The season is unpredictable as is, which it normally is, but especially this year, and then especially with the Patriots. Them barely beating the Jets is more of a concern than any sort of positive momentum, I, I think. That, that's that's the, the, the side that I would lean on with them. Let's, uh, let's get to what I'm convinced this week. And, and so I'm convinced that backup running backs will win your fantasy league this year. And, and so I'm talking... Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison, Brian Hill, possibly Giovanni Bernard, Gio Bernard. Um, Those are the kind of guys that if you know that they've done something in the past, we we know what Latavius Murray can do. We know what Madison can do. Um, I guess Brian Hill will be a little more of a gamble, which I've made that gamble. So you can you can ride that that train with me. But you, you you want those guys, and I would want those guys almost over somebody like Devin Singletary or Ronald Jones, who we've seen what they can do even with a lot of opportunity, and they haven't done that much. Whereas, man, we, we know what the, the Vikings are doing as far as running the ball, and you want that that load. Like, like I've said this a couple weeks ago. Dalvin Cook, they're riding him into the ground. And at some point, Cook will most likely be injured again. So I want Madison ready to go to, to take on those carries and, and to, to help me win a championship. And similar to the Saints, when Kamara is used so much, Latavius Murray has a little bit of value even with Kamara. But if he's the guy, if he's the starting running back, he can give you some nice points. I'm, yeah, I'm just convinced of that, that, that I, want, I want my roster to be filled. You, you want running backs right now that can win you games today, week 10, week 11. You need those guys. But you need some players that that might get an opportunity to get into the starting lineup. It doesn't have to be your handcuff. These can be backups on other teams that you want to stash. You, you don't necessarily need the extra, the fourth wide receiver. You, you can go get those guys on waivers. Th- those are easy guys to get. The difference between... You know, 12 points from this wide receiver, 13 points from this wide receiver. Those guys are loaded on the waiver wire. So to me, it's not as valuable to have extra wide receivers on my bench. So I'd rather have backup running backs, even though it may be enticing to go grab a wide receiver on the waivers that's giving you 13 points versus the backup that isn't getting any carries, the backup running back that isn't getting any carries right now. But in the coming weeks, that could be a season-winning, fantasy championship-winning running back for you. It happens every year. I remember in one of my leagues, the, the guy who won two years ago had C.J. Anderson. Now, he may have picked him up on, on waivers, so you're taking a gamble, but those are the kind of guys that win leagues for you. I remember there was a year I had Trey Mason. You probably don't even remember that name, but, uh, but he was huge. He got hot for a couple weeks. 
There's another running back that I had too, but I just buy into that. I really do. So explore that, those options uh, the, these next couple of weeks, setting yourself up well for the playoffs. So uh, let me see. I got two other things that I'm convinced of. Uh, the next one, I'm convinced it's not worth getting caught up in the playoff matchups for the real NFL team because it's not worth trading away a player that you have who has been great for you because you look at the final three weeks of the season today and you think, ooh, he's got to go up against the Steelers or he's got to play the Bucks defense because that can be misleading. Just ask the Saints. You know, you thought, ooh, the Saints have to play the tough Bucks defense. They lit him up, right? Four touchdowns for Drew Brees. So uh, you just you can't count on that. And, you know, you want to factor it in when you're making lineup decisions because week by week, but I, it, this is, this philosophy cost me dearly years ago where I traded away. I think it was Brandon cooks for T Y Hilton or, or reverse. The guy that I ended up with was terrible in the playoffs and I lost. And if I would have kept the other wide receiver, I would have won. And so I got all, I thought I was all clever saying, Ooh, I'm looking at the matchups and, and this wide receiver has a tough, secondary matchup, you know, going up against a, a, a stout secondary in the final three weeks. Now, wasn't the case, and I lost. So I'm, I'm out on that philosophy. I just want to get <laughs> players that I can trust, guys who have been consistent, guys who, who can score multiple ways that, that aren't necessarily touchdown dependent. So th- th- that's, that's, that, that's how I'm building my, my playoff roster. So I'm looking at my fantasy rings. So I, I, I've got a little experience. Um, all right. I'm also convinced that Travis Kelsey is the most valuable player in fantasy football. You could make a case for Russell Wilson, but here's the thing. Kelsey averages five more points than the number two tight end right now, Darren Waller. And ten more points than Dallas Goddard, who is the number 12 healthy tight end based on average per week, average points per week. Uh, Now, Goddard has been injured and missed a lot of games, but that's how valuable Kelsey is. 19 points a game is huge from the tight end spot when a lot of fantasy owners are getting six points from Tyler Higby or two points from Tyler Higby. And, you know, Evan Ingram's finally coming on and uh, there are a couple guys here or there. Noah Fant has been okay, but hasn't really lived up to the hype. Jonu Smith is, has been good at times, but really not consistent. So the tight end position is really tough. So if you have Travis Kelsey, you're loving life. You're in a great spot. Everybody else, you're sweating it. And now I, I told you I got TJ Hawkinson, so he's been good for me, but now he's a little banged up, so we'll see. But um, what's interesting, I was looking at the quarterback position. So two points between Wilson and Murray, and – there is a big gap between one and I think 12 was Matt Ryan. So between Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, maybe 15 points. So you can make a case there, but the difference is quarterbacks are more about tiers. So there isn't much separation between, you know, even the, the top you know, three quarterbacks and then four through eight are all very close in average points per game and then eight through 12. So you just have to decide if you take a quarterback later in the draft and you get a Matt Ryan, you're, you're going to be stronger at other positions, so you can make up for it. Um, that's why the quarterback position is a little different than the tight end spot because there are still 
a lot of quarterbacks that can still get you 20 points, which is great. Now, it's nice to get 33 or 34 from Russell Wilson, but when it comes to tight ends, I mean, you're getting nothing. You get, you get, you got Travis Kelsey and then a huge gap to Darren Waller. I mean, five points, but it's a pretty big drop off. And, and then after that, it's, it, you're getting nothing. So Goddard's getting you nine points all the way down at, at tight end number 12. So uh, I just uh, did a little research, and, and, and so I'm convinced. I kind of already knew that, I guess. I, I wanted George Kittle, and I got George Kittle in two leagues this year. He, of course, is out, but he was also very valuable when healthy and playing well. The, uh, my biggest question of the week, how good can the Eagles be following the bye? Will Wentz figure things out? Will Miles Sanders be healthy and, and play well? I talked about him earlier. Dallas Goddard. Now that he's got even more time, another week to uh, to get back into the swing of things. He, he played okay, but not didn't do much in his first game back from injury. Um, and then I'm also curious, will the Vikings ever throw the ball? Will the Vikings throw the ball, and will they throw the ball to Adam Thielen? Please, please will you throw to Thielen? I beg you, I beg you. All right, so that's what I got this week. And we'll wrap up the show by going into the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook you can order yours on amazon or go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com this week is all about admitting you're wrong and so normally i open up the podcast admitting when i was wrong and allowing you to hold me accountable to my mistakes and the, the big one i'll admit this week uh curtis samuel continues to produce for the panthers i was pretty hesitant on him and and i think that the Panthers are committed to using him. And with Christian McCaffrey being out this week, I think he's still worthy to, to, to be a fantasy starter. I think he can produce for you. So as long as they continue to utilize him, he's going to be all right. I just I put him in the category of Cordero Patterson and Ty Montgomery and some of those types of players over the years. Uh, who's the guy? Percy Harvin. You know, those types of Peter Warwick. That's who Curtis Samuel reminds me of. That's why he makes me nervous. But, but I've been a little wrong because he's got talent. He, he does. And if the Panthers, this new regime is going to use him and he can stay healthy, he, he might be pretty good for, for fantasy teams. So the, the willingness to admit that we're wrong, it's one thing to admit it to others, but sometimes you've got to admit it to yourself first. And when it comes to fantasy, we have to do this because we have to be willing to admit, I blew it by drafting this player. I blew it by spending too much on my waiver wire. I blew it by trading for this guy. And instead of hanging on to him, which we talked about compounding sin in, in week seven, um, so th- there's a similar mentality there. We, we don't want to hang on to a player so long because, and he continues to hurt our team, and then it leads to other mistakes and other poor decisions. So we have to get rid of those players. But, but sometimes in order for us to be willing to, to move on from that player, we have to first admit that we're wrong. But sometimes we're too stubborn or too embarrassed or too fearful to, to get to that point to, to release the player and, and ultimately confess to the other owners in the league that I messed up. You know the one guy I'm hanging on to is Cam Akers. I keep hanging on to him. I, I've, I got Cam Akers. He's really not rosterable at this point. Um, so I need to just confess that, yeah, I spent way too much in the auction league uh, on him. And so we, we need to admit that it's time to release a player and, and start fresh you know, with someone new and, and really, you know, move forward for the sake of our fantasy team. And, and when it comes to life, it's also difficult to confess when we've screwed up, when we blew it, when we've sinned, when we've hurt someone, 
to to acknowledge where we were wrong, where we made the mistake, and and ask for forgiveness, and and ask someone to you know be willing to accept that that apology. Um, and so oftentimes we're prideful, we're embarrassed, we're stubborn, and we're not willing to admit what we've done. And oftentimes we want to hide and, and keep our transgressions in the dark. And so we don't want to concede to having a problem or letting anyone know that, that we're struggling. But this can do damage to, to us on the inside. It can do damage to relationships. It can affect our um, relationship with the Lord because we, we're hanging on to things and, and we're, there's not an openness and we're not coming to, to, to Jesus with, with our uh, acknowledgement and, and just kind of acknowledging our brokenness and acknowledging where we fall short. And, and so the, the Bible says in Proverbs, the book of wisdom, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. And so we've got to be willing to take the steps to confess to others and, and ultimately confess to the Lord, this is what I've done. I agree with you that it was a mistake. I agree with you that I was in the wrong. I agree with, you know, with Jesus that I've, I've broken your heart by, by being disobedient. And, and then we receive mercy. We receive grace. We receive forgiveness. Now, humans don't always forgive, right? We know that. And, and so we have to work through that, and that's another topic. But Jesus forgives. And when we've received him as our Lord and Savior, we come to him with, with a, a humble heart. And, and say, Lord, I know that I have eternal life, and I know that I've been saved from the punishment of sin, which is death, and, and that's the, the ultimate punishment. So we've been forgiven when, when we've you know, become a Christian and, and received that salvation and that grace. But then there's an ongoing confession that as we continue to live in our broken bodies and in this broken world, this sin-filled world, we are going to screw up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin. And, and so we don't accept that and embrace that we're sinning. Woo, yeah, I could do whatever I want and then go you know, ask for forgiveness. No, it, it should grieve us. And, and so we have to admit, yeah, I've got a problem. I continue to, to, to deal with the sin, but I want to repent. I want freedom. I want to move forward. I want to let go of this. And so we have to come before the Lord and, and confess that and, and um, allow his grace to pour over us and his love. And, and so we just have to be willing to do that. And, and again, be willing to, to do that for, for other people as well, um, acknowledging our own sin, but then also forgiving people if they confess to us. And also people that are willing to confess to us and we confess to them in, in, you know, in fellowship uh, and accountability, that, that, that really builds relationships and builds transparency and, and vulnerability. And, and so a lot of value comes from that. And Instead of holding on to things and allowing it to eat away at us, we're much, we're much better confessing and allowing the healing to begin. And so uh, in James, in the Bible, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another, that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. And so God knows the truth in our hearts already. So we can come before him with complete honesty and receive the strength we need to confess to others. And in the long run, it's exhausting to live a lie and hide our struggles and secrets. But instead, when we can live in the light and live in openness and live in repentance and moving forward and learning from our mistakes 
and 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 you know restoring relationships. Uh, it's huge. And so thankfully, because of Jesus, we can rest in his love, his grace, his mercy, and rely on his guidance and strength to help us through restoration and repentance. As difficult as it is to admit our faults, let's allow the process of revealing to bring us tremendous healing. So let's admit our mistakes in fantasy. It'll help our teams. And let's confess in real life, and it'll allow us to move forward and experience that healing that we need and that we deep down truly desire. Hope that is encouraging to you today. Encourage you to check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com. We'll talk to you next week here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. And as we wrap things up, I remind you, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan. I'm a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time on the FFF Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm not an expert, more of a fantasy coach, here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. Thanks so much for listening.